Hello, hello, this is Brandon Telg, the co-director of the Changeville Festival, and I'm excited to share with you another episode of the Changeville Podcast, where we feature artists and activists making a difference in our world. And this week, we're especially excited to highlight an interview with Shauna Healy from the band Boyfriend Material. This is an artist who's lived in Gainesville for quite some time and has become a, a real establishment here. If you're connected to the music scene here in town, might have noticed that the band Boyfriend Material just played their last show uh, not too long ago. And so this is actually a really fun time to release this interview uh, because it kind of feels like a bit of a retrospective of her time uh, here in Gainesville and the band and, and all of that. And we at the Changeville Podcast are always excited to be able to share some of the history of Gainesville's music scene in all of its different iterations and flavors and really highlight some of the great art that's coming out of Gainesville as well. This interview is part of the collaboration that we're doing with the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program. This is an interview that was conducted by the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program, and we recommend that you look into all of the amazing work that the Oral History Program is doing. You can find out more information by um, heading to their website. I mean, they're also on social media, but their website is oral.history.ufl.edu. So this interview with Shauna is, I think, really interesting because it talks about a lot of different elements to being involved in a music scene that aren't always discussed. So, for instance, uh, how we change perspective as we get older. Shauna talks about being the only girl in the scene, well, her and her sister, when they were younger, and how that seemed really cool at the time, but as she got older, she really started to question why that was. Also, there's a really interesting conversation around inclusion in the music scene and some of the gendered differences that musicians have to face depending on, you know, how you identify and how others identify you. It's very fascinating, and um, I wanted to thank again Samuel Proctor Oral History Program, Shauna, and also the interviewer Ryan Marini, as well as the editor of this episode of the podcast, Ian Mikish. So without further ado, here's Shauna's interview with the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program on this week's episode of the Changeville Podcast. So this is Ryan Morini uh, with the Sam Proctor Oral History Program. It's January 10th, 2017, and I'm sitting here with Shauna Healy. Um, Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. <laughs> when did you start to take an interest in music? Um, probably as soon as I understood what music was okay. <laughs> or could use my hands. <laughs> um, my dad played guitar his whole life and both my parents were in the music scene growing up. Um, not necessarily like a big punk DIY music scene, but my dad played in like metal bands and my mom went to shows and my parents knew each other since they were teenagers. Um, so when I was probably four, I just started playing on a keyboard and my dad started showing me like basic stuff and I picked up on it. So I started music lessons when I was probably about five and I started with piano and my piano instructor was over six feet tall, so I was really afraid of him. <laughs> and I didn't stick with it because I thought he was scary. <laughs> so my dad eventually taught me guitar in third grade, and I was kind of on and off with it. And I really just wanted to sing, so I started chorus in elementary school. 
And I did that for a few years. And I, I used to do shows at like Fort Lauderdale Airport and stuff with my chorus group. And I didn't really get serious about it until I was like 20. <laughs> I mean, what attracted you to punk? Like, what kind of pulled you in besides the fact that there were like these cool older kids? Unless that is what it was. Um, I never really thought about that. Um, I know growing up when I was really young, probably elementary school, I'd always look at like Women Who Rock magazine mm. was my favorite thing. And I would read that all the time. And I grew up with bands like No Doubt mm. and just all these women musicians and singers who were doing big things and there were so few of them. So I really looked up to that and it made me want to play music or sing in a band. But I mean, me and my sister are pretty much only, the two only girls <laughs> in the music scene. So it was pretty intimidating to actually get into that. At what point did the sort of political aspects of punk sort of really click, I guess? Um, that's a hard question because when, like, kind of like I said, when I was in middle school, like, I got that it was a political message, but I wasn't really involved in politics in any way. So I was just like, okay, we hate Bush. <laughs> I don't know why we hate Bush but we don't like him. So I hate him too. <laughs> and so I kind of always knew that there was like this political background to it. And I thought I was really smart, but I really had no idea what I was talking about. Um, but I want to say when, probably when I was 17 or 18 was when I started to start to see it because I had a lot of friends who did like food, not bombs. And, um, we have, a. a can't remember what it's called, but we have a group that like tries to combat animal testing in South Florida too. Okay. Um, so just more friends were becoming involved in organizations and I started becoming more aware of it. Yeah, what were those early experiences at shows like where you were, I guess, one of the only girls or women or, yeah. um, I think about it differently now, again. Okay. <laughs> when I was younger, I thought it was cool because I was like, I'm, me and my sister are the only girls here, so we're awesome. <laughs> and everyone wants to be our friend because we're different. And so, I very immature way to look at it. <laughs> but now that I'm an adult, I started realizing like, well, why aren't there any other girls? And that really isn't cool that me and my sister are the only ones here. So how can we bring more people into it? And it was also, I played music probably longer than everyone who was in bands. And I was too afraid to start a band because I was a girl. So it took a lot of trying to find confidence in myself to even join a band or and I didn't even really join a band, per se. <laughs> like, my my ex, Jared, he had a solo project, and I started playing with him. And it was just like we were dating, so it didn't really feel like I actually tried to join a band. And then after him, I did a solo project because I couldn't find anyone to play in a band with. And then I moved here, and now I'm in a band. So And even that took forever to get people to, like 
understand where I'm coming from with things and respect that even though I'm a girl and I'm younger than you, I have knowledge and experience in this too. So it's been a struggle. <laughs> the move to Gainesville, like mm -hmm. what brought you to Gainesville? Um, the easy answer is school. <laughs> um, I, a lot of things are going in my going on in my life at that time. And so I randomly applied to UF in October mm. and then November, I found out I got in <laughs> and then I was like, Oh my God, this is happening. So I told my parents, they're like, you applied to UF. I'm like, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, okay, good for you. And, uh, the semester, it was spring semester and that started January 3rd. I want to say that year. So, I found out right before Thanksgiving I got in. So I had a month <laughs> to figure it out. And so I randomly came up here with my mom and there were no places to live available whatsoever, unless they were terrible. And I ended up moving into student housing against my own will. And <laughs> I lived there for a while. So I moved here because I just needed the change and I had some friends up here. And I had visited here before and I went to Fest. So I was like, I think I would like it there. Me and Jared were dating and we wanted to go on a trip because we used to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And for the holidays, we wanted to go to Buffalo, New York, which is where my extended family is. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to go to Kirksville, Missouri, where his mom and his family is and his brother. Um, but we were like, how do we go to both places? <laughs> so we took a, I took a month off work. He had his own business. So I took a month off work and I worked in schools at the time. So like they had winter break anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. And we decided, well, let's just throw together a last minute tour and just like tour up to Buffalo, stay there for four days, tour to Missouri, stay there for four days and come home. So we somehow threw together a tour and it, he wrote all this solo stuff and like not even a week, I just added bass to it. <laughs> and then we went on tour. It was the most thrown together thing I've ever done. And uh, it was actually awesome. And we didn't expect it to be as good as it did. And we didn't deserve it in any way. And we first played St. Augustine and we played with the Eight Throne God. And they're still some of the like greatest people I've ever met. And I'm still friends with them. But then we played in Connecticut and we played at, a, in a basement called the horse's mouth and <laughs> it went really well. And so we were supposed to go to Buffalo right after that. And so we went to Buffalo, but then the people at the horse's mouth offered us to play this huge benefit show for Mitch Doobie, who's my ex's friend who he was murdered. So they were doing a benefit show and we we're like, yeah, we'll play it. And we ended, so we ended up going, we we're supposed to go Buffalo, and then make our way to Missouri, but we ended up going back to Connecticut. <laughs> and so we went back to Connecticut and we ended up playing with Paint It Black, which is like huge. And I remember like I found out that morning Paint It Black was on it. And I was in Connecticut and I was in the basement and we were practicing and I just started crying. And <laughs> Jared was like, what's wrong with you? Like we threw this together and you haven't been nervous at all until this point. And I was just like, 
we don't deserve this. Like it's paint of black and I don't even know how to play bass. And like, this is going to be terrible. We're going to fuck it up. Like there's no way this is going to be good. And I was like bawling and bawling and bawling. He's like, it's going to be fine. And then I get there and me and my sister were on really bad terms at the time. And my sister, for some reason, was there. And Paint of Black is her favorite band. So she flew up there for the Mitch Doobie benefit to see Paint of Black. And I just started crying more. And I was just like, my sister's here. What are we going to do? And he's like, oh, my God. Like, pull it together, Shauna. And we played really well. But there were, like, hundreds of people there. And it was, like, the first big show I've ever played. And it was terrifying. And I really, I still to this day don't know how to play bass. (laughs) Did that kind of alert you to the fact that you wanted to? really be in a band though definitely um that was kind of the end our relationship is ending but that experience definitely made me like playing music in front of people and being on the road and kind of made me realize i could do it even though it scared me to do it um so when we broke up i when we were together we went to tampa and we went to a pawn shop that has a lot of music equipment and he was buying an amp and I really liked drafts at the time. And I still like drafts. It wasn't just at the time. And <laughs> there was a ukulele with a draft painted on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh. So I bought it because it was like 20 bucks and I was like art. So I bought it. And then when we broke up, I started just messing around and like playing it. And I got really good at it somehow. So I started just recording music and I put it on Bandcamp online and people liked it. And then my friends, my friend Ryan, who was in the band The Eat Their Own God, who I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. when I went on tour, who I met, he was like, come play Columbia, South Carolina. We would love to have you play the show. And I was like, okay. So I made like a mini tour and I don't remember the first place I played. It was some little town in, in Florida. And then I played little town in Florida, Gainesville, South Carolina. And I want to say Tampa. And then I came back. And people liked it. So I just stuck with it. And then I moved here and people here liked it. And I was playing guitar and ukulele. So I just started touring more with that. So I can't remember all of the tours, but I did, a, I did Northeast, Midwest. I've played on the West Coast. So I just kind of started going all over. And then I always wanted to make it full band. But moving from South Florida was like, I didn't yeah. want to be in a band people in South Florida. And then I moved here and I had friends, but they weren't musicians. So I had to make friends to start a band. And it took like two years to finally meet people. And I've been through a million members, but <laughs> um, I finally, a year ago, got a good group together. <laughs> I actually, this is the one year anniversary of me and my guitar player's friendship (laughs) today. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So we're, we're doing well now. I like them. Is it still ever difficult to be a woman in a band in the Um, scene or? It's still difficult. I would say it's not as difficult, Mm. but my bandmates are actually talking about this with me last night Mm. and I don't want it to come off like conceitedness, (laughs) (laughs) but they're laughing because since I'm a girl in a band that all these bands we play with 
one of the members confesses their love for me. Uh. <laughs> and that happened to me again recently, like two days ago. And they're like, well, is this going to affect us playing with that band? And I'm like, from my perspective, no, I don't care. From his perspective, I can't tell you. <laughs> I hope not. But, and so it's, I always have to deal with that all the time. And my male bandmates are like, we never have to deal with this because they're all straight guys and there's no girls in bands. So they don't have to deal with like girls in bands like play with hitting on them, but I have to deal with it all the time. So they're like, it's just really annoying <laughs> and it annoys them too. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So those first shows when you're opening for people who were angry at you, were those like really awkward shows or was that? Um, yes, they were very awkward, but I think I got my confidence from it. Okay. <laughs> like, did you get any good reception? Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. Otherwise I wouldn't have kept doing it. But I think I, especially when I started, I really enjoyed doing it because that's when a lot of girls were starting to go to shows mm -hmm. and a lot of them really liked what I was doing because they felt more included. So that made me feel a lot better. And then eventually I got people to come around. <laughs> and as far as uh, space, like, do you have any particular comments on spaces here in Gainesville that you've played or? Um, I have a few, I guess. Uh, I really liked 1982 because they were very welcoming to me when I moved mm -hmm. here. Um, Jen and Corey were really great to me. And then Dave Michael is an amazing sound guy mm -hmm. and he's worked at Mars, a few other places and Boca Fiesta and his sound is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And now he's at Boca Fiesta and I love playing Boca Fiesta. They're always extremely welcoming. They're actually excited when we're on shows, which is great. Like I can, I, sense genuine excitement from them when we're on shows and I love playing there because the sound is so good thanks to Dave Michael. Um, we had display which was interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, I loved it there because it a guy lived there and it was just like his art space where he lived and it was just like a big room. It's next to CMC. It was a big room mm. and then a loft and the loft is where he had all of like his sleeping and books and stuff up there. And then the downstairs, he would just have like his installation pieces and stuff. And, but sometimes his installation pieces were not safe. So we shouldn't have shows where <laughs> there is like giant pieces of rusty metal and we were like, people were moshing around it, but it was awesome because it was really hot in there in the middle of summer, but the building, the walls were all windows. So you can stand outside and watch the bands which was cool. So even if the room was packed, you could still stand outside and see what was going on. So I loved that venue. Do you think the scene now is more welcoming to women? I mean, do you think it's more inclusive overall? Or do you still see challenges uh, there? I think, I think I'm a little privileged to be in Gainesville. Mm. So I don't want to talk for the whole community yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of women and queer people in the Gainesville music scene. I know. I mean, I still did struggle when I first moved here, mm. but because people would always want me to open shows, even though I have all this experience, I've toured, I'm on a record label. They always wanted me to be the opener, even for someone it was their first show, I was still the opener. And at first I just took it 
And then after a while, I was like, no. And I started telling people, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, not to sound like a jerk or like I'm famous or anything, but it's like I worked to get here and I think I deserve it. So, and eventually people would be like, all right. <laughs> and they would learn to respect that. But um, I, I feel like there's a lot more fighting to get your spot and recognition when you're a woman. And a lot of times that's scary because you're afraid that people are going to think that you're either conceited or a jerk or something. But if you don't do it, then you're just going to stay in the background. What do you think punk offers as a space? And I mean, again, broadly punk, mm. but what will it continue to offer? What What's it going to offer to some 11 year old right now who <laughs> is, you know, thinking school sucks? And yeah, yeah. I think it'll just offer a different form of expression and like understanding yourself. I know being through it made me more self-aware mm -hmm. um, than probably most of my friends who didn't have my same experiences in, or didn't have any experience in the punk scene. Um, I think an important part of it is the push to be more accepting of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more people are into punk and are becoming more educated that they'll start, I guess, being more accepting of others. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's go. So you think we're in kind of a middle point as far as inclusion. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like Gainesville is kind of a little, in your experience, a little ahead of that yeah. curve. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, do you think it's going to keep heading I think in that so. Like, what do you think is driving it that way? Um, I guess it's kind of hard to say because, I mean, you have, from a historical perspective, you have things like Riot Girl that mm -hmm. seems like it's only going to go forward from here. Mm -hmm. And then you get super white hardcore and it just kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all goes away. So I guess in an ideal world, <laughs> it would continue to get better and people would continue to have these conversations about it. But then again, you never know. Yeah. But I feel like right now is a great opportunity for it to continue to progress and not go backward. But with anything, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Thanks again to everyone involved, the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program, Shauna Healy uh, and Ian Mikish for helping put together this week's episode of the Changeville Podcast. And I just wanted to pop back in and say um, that recently we put out on Facebook and Twitter the annual survey asking who you want to see at the Changeville Festival next year. You can still find it. We posted this on June 14th. If you're looking for the exact post with the link to the survey, we want to know who you want to see at Changeville next year. So let your voice be heard. Uh, we'll be accepting submissions still for another few weeks. And um, we can't wait to tell you all the fun things we have in store for Changeville 2019. So until next time, this is Brandon signing out. And soon back.